Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8.13 p.m. on October 14th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, I'm Rochelle and my husband and I are the creators of MarriageMillennials.com where we help millennials seek God's design for faith, smart dating, marriage, and financial literacy. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have. Just a couple of housekeeping notes. This is going to be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. My Twitter and IG handles are Rochelle Shoyola, and Sam's are Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage Millennials in the search bar, and it'll pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty guys, let's jump in. Hey guys, um, before I get into our week, uh, I have to, have to, have to say this. Sam and I want to thank all of you that listened to our podcast from the beginning and aided in us reaching 10,000 listens on our podcast. That's right. If um, you haven't seen any of our Facebook posts, we recently hit 10,000 listens on our podcast, and we are so thankful um, to to reach that. Um, we've definitely come a long way. I remember starting doing it on my own, and then, you know, Sam joining me soon after, and here we are. We've come a long way. We still have a long way to go. Oh, I mean, there are so many times where, you know, we doubt ourselves on this thing. We want to make sure we're saying the right thing. We want to make sure that you see our genuineness through our voices. Um, and, you know, while we do think that some of our doubts are healthy, um, we get so many DMs and texts from people that we know or even people that we barely know that tell us how much they love the podcast. Um, so thanks again. We really appreciate it. But now that that is out of the way, um, yes, I hope you have a great week. Um, this week, I supported Sam's aunt at a women's conference, um, hung out with some friends, and then Sam and I helped another friend move. Uh, pretty chill weekend, uh, but I was kind of all over the place. It was one of those weekends where everyone wants your presence and you are really just trying to be loving um, and intentional with you know, making sure that your friends see that you are serving them. Um, But yeah, that was our week and I hope you had a great one and I can't wait to get into this podcast. So as you guys have heard on the intro, it's only me today. (laughs) Sam is not here on this podcast and there's a reason for that and I'll share that in a little bit. Um, But Sam is actually upstairs right now. Um, I'm sure you guys miss him. He will be back on another podcast, I promise. Um, But this podcast is a no men zone and no men allowed podcast. Um, (laughs) This podcast is just for the women. That being said, um, you know, Sam was actually the one who gave me the idea for this podcast and the courage to record this. So shout out to hubby for that. So jumping right in, um, today we are talking about biblical womanhood, um, specifically biblical womanhood beyond Titus 2 and Ephesians 5. And this, I think, will be a series of episodes that we will do over time. Um, And our regular podcast will kind of be like in the middle of the series. So it won't just be these episodes all the way through. We'll kind of break it up. Um, The one, because, you know, 
I'm sh- I, I don't, and I know I'm sure Sam would agree. We don't want to get stuck on one topic for too long. Um, but also, as a wife, as I grow in my knowledge on this, on these topics, um, and as I gain more wisdom, I want to be able to kind of circle back with updated information, as opposed to doing episodes with the same um, amount of knowledge. I would rather you know do an episode have some couple filler episodes in between and then come back, you know, with maybe even um, updated information that I had before I did the first one, if that makes sense. Um, So I really think that that will make the series have a lot more substance. Um, These episodes are going to be shorter than normal, and that's pretty intentional as well, um, because we want it to be like a quick lesson, right? Um, I want it to be a quick lesson for us women so that we can listen to this really quickly, maybe on your way to work or on your lunch break or after work or if you're in the home um, while, while you're just doing something quickly. And, you know, you can search more on what's being said and it's just a quick nugget for you to just indulge in. Um, in my mind, you know, you'll listen to this podcast really quickly. You'll ponder on it. And you'll be able to apply it the same evening to your husband. I don't know how realistic that is or not, but um, that's how quick I want the po- the episodes to be. Really bite-sized um, so that you can um, take what you need and get to work, <laughs> right? Right. So the idea to talk about this biblical womanhood beyond Titus 2 and Ephesians 5 thing really came about because of some self-reflection in our own lives. Um, To put it simply, there were and still are a lot of areas in our lives where we see ourselves as kind of doing the, you know, bare minimum or even below, actually, as it pertains to biblical spousehood, like I said, on both sides. Um, Sam and I were talking to each other and we were kind of confessing the ways in which we can do better as husband and wife, outside of just like the common guidelines. And, you know, that's pretty much how we got here. And we were talking and Sam was saying like, he really thinks it would be a good idea if I kind of share some of those things um, with women. And um, I'll definitely pick Sam's brain to see if that's something he feels like doing for the guys. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much how we got here. In addition to this, to our conversation, I'm always trying to think of ways how to not make this brand a teach women how to find a husband brand. Um, I feel like that's so saturated and it's not really my intention with marriage for millennials. Um, I also don't want this to be a how to have a perfect marriage brand, right? I think women have way more to offer than just being on a constant lookout for a husband. And while that is a desire for many women and most women, um, God does not confine us to that. There's more that he wants us to know and wants us to learn. Um, In addition to that as well, I'm a flawed sinner and I'm also a newlywed. I don't have a perfect marriage, so I'm not even equipped to, to, you know, teach those things to you. So yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about some other things for women. That way we can kind of hold on to those nuggets, like I said before. So We talked about how naturally society and even Christian culture, depending on the church, can, even without knowing it, condition women to only caring about loving our husbands and taking care of the home. And Titus 2 and Ephesians 5 do a really, 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 really great job of explaining how to do that. As a result, though, I think many women, they find Titus 2 and they find Ephesians 5 and they're like, okay, I have the blueprint. I have what I need to be a great wife. And what happens is they they find those 
passages, they stay there and they stay only there, right? Um, they don't really go into any other books of the Bible. They are not really researching anything else. They're kind of just staying in that nurturing, um, maternal standpoint. And it's almost as if Titus 2 and Ephesians 5 is just the their, their cheat code version of um, making this a quick, fast way to be a godly wife. Um, and as a result, you know, our houses are clean, you know, our husbands are loved, um, our finances are allocated, right? But our hearts still need work. Our tongues still need work in just many areas of our lives, right? And so that's pretty much the reason for these stories. They're going to be different stories of different areas in the Bible where we see nuggets that we can take as women and apply it to our marriages or just apply it to um, ourselves, even if you're a single woman listening to this. So that's pretty much the purpose of this series. Not quite sure what I'm going to call it yet. Cheryl, we'll figure that out. Um, but yes, that's pretty much the point of this. So today's story is going to be about Deborah. I want to talk about the story of Deborah. If you are unfamiliar, you can find the story of Deborah in Judges, uh, specifically chapters four and five, right? So Deborah was a prophetess and she was one of the judges in Israel during a time of oppression. And Deborah was Israel's only female judge. Because at the time Israel's men were, you know, unfit to judge, God chose a woman for the job. Um, kind of partly to, you know, shame the men who shouldn't should have taken the leadership, really. Um, and I'm thinking of this, and kind of side note here, um, Deborah's role here really kind of reminds me of our culture today. You know, even though we're in a society that continuously preaches and teaches that women should be identical to men in their roles, women are still, you'll see it maybe in social media posts or even in person if you talk with them, um, women are constantly crying out for men to lead. And reading the story about Deborah just further proves to me that the desire women have to be led is not only cross-cultural, um, but it's it's God-ordained. <laughs> okay, so to jump back in. When Deborah became judge, the Israelites had been subjugated for 20 years by Jamin, who was the king of Canaan. The commander of Jabin's army was named Sisera, and he had, like, so many, so such a big army, so many iron ch chariots, and so many, you know, he had their foot on Israel's neck, pretty much, right? And the Israelites were treated really poorly, really, they were just shook, right? Their spirits were low, people feared leaving their homes, they didn't want to travel, they didn't want to come outside, you know, they were just really afraid. And so, God's word comes through Deborah, but she's saying it to a man named Barak. And the message is that, hey, Barak, you're going to lead the revolt against Sisera. And Barak, who is a male, if you haven't um, noticed that, he's like, I'll go, but I'm only going if Deborah goes. And that's how afraid everyone was of Sarah, right? Um, so Deborah... She agrees to go, but she also tells him that, you know, due to the fact that you are having such a hard time leading this thing, um, you know, the victory is going to come from a woman, not you. And so 
when the time came for battle, God spoke through Deborah. You know, she was able to give Barak counsel on how he should, um, you know, command his army to move. And in the end, they ended up being um, victorious in regards to the army. But just just how Deborah said, it was a woman who actually killed Cesera and pretty much drove a tent peg right through his head when Cesera was resting. And so here, just to kind of round it up, what biblical womanhood lessons do we learn here? For me, I think that I learned that, you know, women, we are to speak God's word, of course, live in it. um, And that by doing that, we provide great motivation and encouragement, even when our husbands have trouble leading. There are going to be times where our husbands are afraid or sometimes where they're just resistant. I mean, Women are not the only people who wrestle with God's word. Sometimes men do as well. And you as a woman, um, it is your job to just stand firm in what you know the word of God says and speak those things to your husband when he's having trouble receiving those things from God. Um, And I think that this is a great lesson um, because in Titus 2 and Proverbs 31, we find out how to be a godly wife, right? I think, you know, they Titus 2 and Ephesians 5 definitely nail that. Um, and, you know, we know what to do, but we don't necessarily get an, an example of how to support a husband that may be having a hard time leading. Um, just as how we are figuring out how to be godly wives, our husbands are trying to manage being a godly leader to us as well. You know, and seeing that firsthand allows us to fill in the gaps of fear and uncertainty with God's word. That's all I have for you guys. That's going to wrap it up. Like I said, these are going to be really short and sweet. Um, Let me know your thoughts on this. Um, What do you think? Um, And also share this with someone that you think this will encourage. Um, I'll see you guys um, hopefully next week with another podcast. Um, And then we'll jump back into this series after we do a couple ones. Alrighty, guys. Take care.